إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد Today then we're on the chapter which is going to discuss the effects of the names and attributes of Allah upon worship. We've been talking about some of the names and attributes of Allah. We've been talking about some of the details mentioned in Surah Al-Ikhlas, in Ayatul Kursi. But how does knowing these names and attributes of Allah impact Upon your worship That's what this chapter is going to mention To some degree Iqtida Al-asma'i Wa-sifati Li-afariha Min al-ubudiyya Lillah So now then The Shaykh mentions here La yazalu al-hadithu Maadiyan Bina fi bayani Ahmiyati dhikrillah Bidhikri asma'ihi Wa-sifatihi al-waridah فِي الْكِتَابِ وَسُنَّةِ رَسُولِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ That we are still discussing here the importance of the remembrance of Allah through the remembrance of the names and attributes of Allah which are mentioned in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. وَقَدْ مَرَّ بِنَا جُمْلَةً طَيِّبَةً مِنَ الْفَوَائِدِ الْمُتَرَتِّبَةً عَلَى ذَلِكَ And we have already mentioned some of the benefits uh, and some of the uh, points of knowledge regarding the names and attributes of Allah. وَمِنْ هَذِهِ الْفَوَائِدِ أَيْضًا أَنَّ مَعْرِفَةَ أَسْمَاءِ اللَّهِ الْحُسْنَى وَصِفَاتِهِ الْعُلَى مُقْتَضِيَةً لِآثَارِهَا مِنَ الْعُبُودِيَةً And one of the benefits of knowing the names and attributes of Allah is that it impacts upon your worship of Allah. Your different forms of worship of Allah, they are affected and impacted by your knowledge of the names and attributes of Allah. كَالْخُضُوعِ وَالْذُلِّ وَالْخُشُوعِ وَالْإِنَابَةِ وَالْخَشِيَةِ وَالرَّهْبَةِ وَالْمَحَبَّةِ وَالتَّوَكُّلِ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَنْوَاعِ الْعِبَادَاتِ الظَّاهِرَةِ وَالْبَاطِنَةِ For example, your submission, your humility, your returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your affairs, your fear of Allah, your love for Allah, your dependence and trust in Allah, all of those things are going to increase the more you learn and know and understand the different names and attributes of Allah. بَلْ إِنَّ لِكُلِّ صِفَةٍ مِّن صِفَاتِ الرَّبِّ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى عُبُودِيَّةٍ خَاصَةٍ هِيَ مِنْ مُقْتَضَيَاتِهَا وَمُوجِبَاتِ الْعِلْمِ بِهَا وَالتَّحَقُّقِ بِمَعْرِفَتِهَا Every, every attribute from the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has associated to it a particular and specific form of worship that it necessitates. وَهَذَا مُطَّرَتْ 
في جميع أنواع العبودية التي على القلب والجوارح and this is something constant upon all of the forms of worship which occur upon the heart and upon the limbs وبيان ذلك أن العبد إذا علم بتفرد الرب تعالى بالضر والنفع والعطاء والمنع والخلق والرزق والإحياء والإماتة فإن ذلك يثمر له عبودية عبودية التوكل على الله باطنا ولوازم التوكل وثمراته ظاهرا An example If you now understand and you know and you comprehend that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one and only and there is no other deity worthy of worship besides him he is the one Lord the one who controls all of the affairs any harm that occurs any good and benefit that occurs anything that is given anything that is taken away all of the creation all of the sustenance and rizq that is given, life and death, that you know all of these things, they are controlled by Allah alone, then this brings about, for example, an increase in your tawakkul in Allah. Because you understand, nobody else is the one who controls the affairs Nobody else controls your rizq, your sustenance and your provisions and your income. Nobody else controls life and death for you or your family. Nobody else controls any of these affairs other than Allah. So then this increases your tawakkul in Allah. Your trust and dependence and reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قال الله تعالى وتوكل على الحي الذي لا يموت put your trust your dependence your reliance your tawakkul in the ever living who does not die the ever living who does not die that alone is enough reason and explanation that all of the idols and the deities and even in the prophets and the messengers that the mushrikun used to put their trust in, they all die. They all die or they are already dead. Their idols and statues and things and trees and stones, they're already dead. Or if they are alive, they will eventually die. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ever-living that's why Allah tells us, وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى الْحَيْءَ الَّذِي لَا يَمُوتِ Put your trust in the ever-living who does not die. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى الْعَزِيزِ الرَّحِيمِ And put your trust in Al-Aziz, the mighty, the, the uh, honorable, mighty, powerful, الرحيم the merciful وقال تعالى رب المشرق والمغرب لا إله إلا هو فاتخذه وكيلا the lord of the east and the west there is no other deity worthy of worship in truth except him so take him as a wakil take him as a wakil 
the one that you put your trust in and put your dependence in and reliance in. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ وَكِيلًا And put your trust in Allah. Put your trust in Allah. And Allah is sufficient as a wakil, as someone for you to put your trust into. Allah is enough. You put your trust in Allah. You put your dependence and reliance in Allah. وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ وَكِيلًا And Allah is sufficient for you as a protector, as a uh, one to put your trust and dependence and reliance in. وَإِذَا عَلِمَ الْعَبْدِ And this is another example now of how knowing the names and attributes of Allah impacts upon your worship. Another example. إِذَا عَلِمَ الْعَبْدِ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ عَلِيمٌ لَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ مِثْقَالُ ذَرَّةٌ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَأَنَّهُ يَعْلَمُ السِّرَّ وَأَخْفَى وَيَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ لَعْيٌ وَمَا تُخْفِي الصُّدُورِ وَأَنَّهُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى أَحَاطَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عِلْمًا وَأَحْصَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ عَدَدًا فَمَنْ عَرَّفَ نَفْسَهُ بِاطِّلَاعِ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَرُؤْيَتُهُ لَهُ وَحَاطَتُهُ بِهِ فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ يُثْمِرُ لَهُ حِفْظُ اللِّسَانِ وَالْجَوَارِحِ وَخَطَرَاتِ الْقَلْبِ عَنْ كُلِّ مَا لَا يُرْضِ اللَّهِ وَجَعَلَ تَعَلُّقَاتِ هَذِهِ الْأَعْضَاءِ بِمَا يُحِبُّهُ اللَّهُ وَيَرْضَى Another example, if you now know that Allah is the all-hearing, and the all-seeing, and the all-knowledgeable. Sami'un, basirun, alimun. You know that Allah is the all-hearing, you know that Allah is the all-seeing, you know that Allah is the all-knowledgeable. If you know that, and you know that nothing is hidden or concealed from Allah whatsoever, in the heavens and the earth, not even an atom's amount, and that Allah knows every secret and concealed affair, and what your hearts conceal, وَمَا تُخْفِ الصُّدُورِ And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His knowledge covers everything, أَحَاطَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عِلْمًا And that Allah is aware of every affair, so you know that Allah sees and hears and knows of everything regarding you, then what will that do and how will that impact upon you? You will then be more aware in controlling what your tongue says. You will be more aware in controlling what actions your limbs do. You will not allow your tongue to continue backbiting or lying or uh, spreading namimah. You will control yourself because you know Allah is all-seeing, all-hearing, all-knowledgeable of everything you do. So then knowing those names of Allah, it then causes you to be more self-aware that Allah is watching you and knowledgeable of you. So you control your tongue and you control your actions and you only use your actions and your speech in doing things and saying things that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qala ta'ala, examples of this, أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَى 
Does he not know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees, sees everything? And also other examples, many are given here, a few ayat. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ And fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the all-hearing and the all-knowledgeable. وَقَالَ تَعَالَىٰ اِعْمَلُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ إِنَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ بَصِيرٌ Do as you please indeed, he is all aware of what you do. Indeed, he is all aware of what you do. إِنَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ بَصِيرٌ And also, وَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ فَاحْذَرُوهُ and know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is in of yourselves. So be warned and take precaution in regards to this affair. فَلَا رَيْبَ أَنَّ هَذَا الْعِلْمِ يُورِثُ عِنْدَ الْعَبْدِ خَشْيَةَ اللَّهِ وَمُرَاقَبَتَهُ وَالْإِقْبَالَ عَلَى طَاعَتِهِ وَالْبُعْدَ عَنْ مَنَاهِهِ So having this knowledge... That Allah is the all-seeing, the all-hearing, the all-knowledgeable of every affair, concealed or otherwise. Then it creates and uh, brings about a greater degree of self-awareness that you control your actions and fear of Allah. It brings about that in a person. There's an example mentioned there's an example mentioned, قَالَ ابْنُ رَجَبْ رَاوَدَ رَجُلٌ امْرَأَةً فِي فُلَاهِ لَيْلًا فَأَبَتْ فَقَالَ لَهَا يَا مَا يَرَانَا إِلَّا الْكَوَاكِبِ فَقَالْ فَأَيْنَ مُكَوْكِبُهَا They give an example that Ibn Rajab mentions that there was a story of a man who was going to fornicate with a woman out in the desert. Fornicate with a woman out in the desert where they were concealed from the eyesight of the people. And so she refused. He said to her, nobody sees us except the stars. Out here in the desert, in this deserted and isolated place, Nobody will see anything or know anything. Nobody sees us except the stars. So she said to him, And what about the one who created the stars? What about the one who created the stars? Meaning what about your Lord? أَيْنَ اللَّهِ أَلَا يَرَانَا فَمَنَعَهَا هَذَا الْعِلْمِ اقْتِرَافِ so that knowledge that she had, that Allah is all aware and all seeing and all knowledgeable, despite them being out in the desert in an isolated area, concealed from the eyesight of the people, that knowledge she had prevented her from carrying out this act with that man. Another example, of how knowing the names and attributes of Allah impacts upon a person. Another example, وَإِذَا عَلِمَ الْعَبْدِ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ غَنِيٌّ كَرِيمٌ بَرٌّ رَحِيمٌ 
واسع الإحصاء وأنه تبارك وتعالى مع غناه عن عباده فهو محسن إليهم رحيم بهم يريد بهم الخير ويكشف عنهم الضر لا لجلب منفعة إليه من العبد ولا لدفع مضرة بل رحمة منه وإحسانا فهو سبحانه لم يخلق خلقه ليتكثر بهم من ظلة ولا ليعتز بهم من ظلة ولا ليرزقوه ولا لينفعوه ولا يدفع عنه Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you know that he is the self-sufficient and rich the one who answers the du'as of everyone and gives to everyone and that he is in not that he is not in need of anything from any of his creation and that when he does good for his creation it's not because he requires some benefit from that but rather it is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he does that and shows that mercy and generosity and kindness and the rizq and the sustenance and all of that which Allah provides for his creation he provides it to them from his mercy not because he requires anything out of it and there's an evidence here in the Quran qala ta'ala وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah tells us, I did not create the jinn or the humans except for them to worship me. إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ بِمَعْنَى إِلَّا لِيُوَحِّدُونَ To worship me upon tawheed, to be muwahidun, not mushrikun. I did not create the jinn of the humans except for them to worship me. But does Allah need our worship? Does Allah benefit from our worship? No. Because Allah then says, straight next ayah, مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رزق. I don't want any sustenance or any provisions from them. وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ يُطْعِمُونَ and I do not require that they feed, feed me. Inna Allah huwa razzaq Indeed Allah, He is the razzaq He is the one who provides. He is the one who sustains. He does not need anything from us. So when Allah tells us He created us to worship Him, that's not because He was going to benefit from our worship or that he needed something out of our worship, because Allah tells us straight away, I don't need anything from them, I don't need them to feed me, I don't need any sustenance or provisions from them. I, Allah, He is the one who provides the sustenance. So when you realize those kinds of affairs, and there are other ayat which highlight those matters, when you know those kinds of affairs, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of us in any way, just like the hadith mentions also in Muslim, Sahih Muslim, yeah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ibadi innakum lan tablughu naf'i fatanfa'uni. 
لن تبلغوا نفعي فتنفعوني ولن تبلغوا ضري فتضروني that oh my servants you will never get to any level where you can benefit me you will never get to any level where you are of benefit to me I neither would you ever get to any station where you can harm me no benefit to Allah no harm to Allah from us فَإِذَا عَلِمَ الْعَبْدَ لِكَ So if you now know all of those things, إِذَا عَلِمَ الْعَبْدُ ذَلِكَ أَثْمَرَ فِيهِ قُوَّةَ الرَّجَعَ If you understand that, then it brings about within the servant the strength of hope. You have hope in your Lord that He will show you mercy, that He will provide you your rizq. He will provide you your sustenance. You have a strength of hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَإِذَا عَلِمَ الْعَبْدُ ذَلِكَ أَثْمَرَ فِيهِ قُوَّةَ الرَّجَاءِ قُوَّةَ رَجَائِهِ بِاللَّهِ وَطَمْعِهِ فِي مَا عِنْدَهِ So you have your hope in Allah and you have your desire and wish for the mercy and the reward that is with Allah. وَإِنزَالْ جَمِيعِ حَوَائِجِهِ بِهِ وَإِظْهَارْ إِفْتِقَارِهِ إِلَيْهِ وَاحْتِيَاجِهِ لَهِ And then you will also have a greater recognition of your poverty before your Lord, your weakness before your Lord, and that all of your needs you need to return them back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And having this hope in Allah, يُثْمِرُ أَنْوَاعِ الْعُبُودِيَّةِ الظَّاهِرَ وَالْبَاطِنَ بِحَسَبْ مَعْرِفَةِ الْعَبْدِ وَعِلْمِهِ So when you have this hope in Allah, you're hoping for the reward from Allah, then that will obviously have a knock-on effect with the rest of your worship. If you've got hope in Allah for the reward from Allah, then that increases you in your prayer, in your Qur'an, in other things. It has a knock-on effect in your worship and increasing your worship. Also, another example of what knowing the names and attributes of Allah provides for an individual. إِذَا عَلِمَ This is now the fourth example, I think. إِذَا عَلِمَ الْعَبْدُ بِعَدْلِ اللَّهِ وَانْتِقَامِهِ وَغَضَبِهِ وَسَخَطِهِ وَعُقُوبَتِهِ فَإِنَّ هَذَا يُثْمِرُ لَهُ الْخَشْيَةِ وَالْخَوْفِ وَالْحَذْرِ وَالْبُعْدِ عَنْ مَسَاخِطِ الرَّبِّ If you now also understand from the names and the attributes of Allah, the justice of Allah, that Allah will treat the servants, all of his servants, upon absolute justice. And so some of them upon that absolute justice will receive punishment. They will receive torment. They will be under the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that they will be under the the, the anger and the, the lack of uh, 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 the lack of pleasure from Allah. They will be under the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
the torment and the punishment of Allah, when they know this occurs and Allah by His justice will punish people, and they will have that taste of punishment, the severe punishment of Allah, then when you know that, it will therefore create within you a greater fear of Allah. And if it does that, it means it will help you to stay away from sins. To stay away from the sins and that which displeases Allah. Qala Allah Ta'ala, وَاتَّقُوا وَعَلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and know that Allah is severe in punishment. When you know that and you think about that, and you ponder over that, then it brings about a greater fear within yourself, and that therefore prevents you and helps you to stay away from sinning, knowing that you could put yourself in line for this severe punishment from Allah otherwise. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَعَلَمُوا أَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْهِ تُحْشَرُونَ Fear Allah and know that you will be resurrected before Him. So again, when you know that as a servant of Allah, you will be resurrected to face and to be in front of your Lord for accountability on that day, then again, this is something which creates some fear in you and therefore makes you want to do the good deeds and stay away from the haram and the sinning. Another example. وَإِذَا عَلِمَ الْعَبْدُ بِجَلَالِ اللَّهِ وَعَظَمَتِهِ وَعُلُوِّهِ عَلَى خَلْقِهِ ذَاتًا وَقَهْرًا وَقَدَرًا فَإِنَّ هَذَا يُثْمِرُ لَهُ الْخُضُوعِ وَالْإِسْتِكَانَةِ وَالْمَحَبَّةِ also, if you know of the might and the majesty of Allah, and the highness of Allah, the might and majesty of Allah, the power of Allah, and that Allah is the most high above all of the creation, you know all of that, then this will obviously create within you submission before your Lord it will create within you love for your Lord, the mighty, the majestic, the powerful. And that then brings about an encouragement for you to do all of the other forms of worship too. قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ وَأَنَّ مَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ هُوَ الْبَاطِلِ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْكَبِيرِ and that is because Allah is the truth. And all of that which they call upon besides Him, it is falsehood. And Allah is Al-Ali, the High, Al-Kabir, the Great. Allah is the Most High and the Greatest. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلِيًّا كَبِيرًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the High and the Great. The highest and the greatest, mighty and majestic. Uh, in another ayah, وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ Same meaning. Uh, and 
also wama qadarullaha haqqa qadrihi wal ardu jami'an qabdatuhu yawma al qiyamati was samawati matiyatun bi yamina subhanahu wa ta'ala amma yushrikun allah tells us that they have not they have not judged allah upon his due right that they have not understood the due right of Allah. They have um, downgraded and miscalculated the due right of Allah, the level of the might and majesty and power of Allah. They have not given the due right to Allah. And the reality is the earth and the heavens, all of these will be wrapped up in the hand of Allah on the day, on that day, they will all be wrapped up and rolled up into the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, subhanahu wa ta'ala, amma yushrikun, that Allah is free and most high from all of that which they associate as partners alongside Him. And a couple of more examples to finish off. وَإِذَا عَلِمَ الْعَبْدُ بِكَمَالِ اللَّهِ وَجَمَالِهِ أَوْجَبَ لَهُ هَذَا مَحَبَّةً خَاصَةً وَشَوْقًا عَظِيمًا إِلَى لِقَاءِ اللَّهِ And also when you learn about all of the names and attributes of Allah and you start realizing how great Allah is, the might and the majesty and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the perfection of His names and attributes, this creates within you a desire to meet your Lord. A desire to meet your Lord. And that's why it mentions, وَمَنْ أَحَبَّ لِقَاءَ اللَّهِ أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ لِقَاءَ Whomsoever loves to meet Allah, then Allah loves to meet him. وَلَا رَيْبَ أَنَّ هَذَا يُثْمِرُ فِي الْعَبْدِ أَنْوَاعًا كَثِيرًا مِنَ الْعِبَادَةِ And if you are in that position, that you wish to meet your Lord, and you recognize the great names and attributes of your Lord, then that's going to create within you a huge amount of encouragement to do multiple worships and different types of worship. وَلِهَذَا قَالَ تَعَالَى And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا That whomsoever has the hope to meet his Lord, then let him do the righteous actions and do not associate alongside his Lord any partners. Then let him do the righteous actions and do not associate alongside his Lord any partners. This ayah is an evidence that the righteous actions, al-amal as-salih, has two pillars, Ruknan. The two pillars, Ruknan al-Amal al-Salih, what are they? The two pillars of the righteous actions 
If you want to do the good actions, the righteous actions, there are two pillars. And those two pillars are the first one, Al-Ikhlas, Wal-Ittiba' Al-Ikhlas, how do we know? وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا Do not associate any partners. Meaning, be upon ikhlas. Be upon ikhlas. Only worship Allah. And al-ittiba' al-mutaba'ah فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ لِقَى رَبِّي فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا How can you do عمل صالح? If it is according to the sunnah. You do the actions which are in the sunnah, and you do them with ikhlas, then this is the action which is good and accepted. Actions that are done upon the sunnah, not bid'ah. مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ الرَّدِّ مَرْدُودٌ عَلَى صَاحِبِهِ لَا يُقْبَلُ مِنْهُ Whoever does any actions that are not from our sharia, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ أَمْرًا Whoever brings about some new affair, وَمَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا يَعْنِي فِي شَرِيعَتِنَا Whoever innovates anything new into our sharia, which is not from it, from Islam, then it will be rejected. So your righteous action, it can only be an action which is from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. That's why the Prophet said, عَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِّينَ مِنْ بَعْدِي تَمَسَّكُوا بِهَا وَعَضُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذِ Upon you is to cling to my Sunnah and the Sunnah of the rightly guided caliphs after me. Hold on to it tight and bite onto it with your molar teeth. That's sunnah. And that's why in the other hadith, تَرَكْتُ فِيكُمْ شَيْئَيْنَ مَا إِنْ تَمَسَّكْتُمْ بِهِ مَا لَنْ تَظِلُّوا بَعْدِي كِتَابَ اللَّهِ وَسُنَّتِي I've left two things behind as long as you cling on to them, you will not go astray after me. The book of Allah and my sunnah. And the Prophet ﷺ said, مَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ بِهِ فَأْتُوا مِنْهُ مَسْتَضَعْتُمْ وَمَا نَهَيْتُكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ what I have commanded you with, then do as much as you are able, and what I have prohibited you from, then stay away from it. And Allah said in the Quran, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ The Prophet ﷺ, what he has told you to do then, do that. This is the righteous action. The action that is done upon the sunnah, and with ikhlas. If somebody does the actions upon the sunnah, but no ikhlas, then is this action accepted? Is it good? No, it is riya. If you're doing it upon the sunnah, but no ikhlas, you're doing it to show off, you're doing it for riya, then it is not accepted. Or if a person does it with ikhlas, sincerity, but not upon the sunnah, then it is bid'ah. Maybe he says, I am mukhlis, with sincerity to Allah. But what he is doing is not from the Qur'an and the Sunnah, so it is bid'ah. كَمْ مِنْ مُرِيدٍ لِلْخَيْرِ لَمْ يُصِبْهُ Many people, they want to do good and they say ikhlas, I have ikhlas. But what they are doing, it's not good because they're not following the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Making it up themselves, giving their priority to their minds, تَقْدِيمُ الْعَقَلِ عَلَى النَّقَلِ This is the مشكلة. People make up things instead of looking at what's in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So, when a person has that desire to meet his Lord, he will make sure he's doing the righteous actions. وَبِهَذَا يُعْلَمْ 
أن العبودية بجميع أنواعها راجعة إلى مقتضيات الأسماء والصفات. So we therefore understand that your worship and all forms of your worship, it's all connected back to the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more you understand those different names, the more you realize how it impacts on your different forms of your worship. وَلِهَذَا فَإِنَّهُ يَتَأَكَّدُ عَلَى كُلِّ عَبْدٍ مُسْلِمٍ أَنْ يَعْرِفَ رَبَّهُ وَيَعْرِفَ أَسْمَاءَهُ وَصِفَاتِهِ مَعْرِفَةً صَحِيحَ سَلِيمًا so that's why it is binding upon every Muslim that he knows his Lord and he understands the names and attributes in the correct way. So the more you know about Allah and the names and attributes, then the more your portion of goodness for yourself will be the more that portion and amount of goodness for yourself will be so then there is one final statement one of the ulama he mentioned min tamam al-ma'rifa bi asma'i Allah ta'ala wa sifatihi allati yastahiq biha ad-da'i والحافظ ما قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم المعرفة بالأسماء والصفات وما تتضمن من الفوائد وتدل عليه من الحقائق ومن لم يعلم ذلك لم يكن عالما لمعاني الأسماء ولا مستفيدا بذكرها بذكرها ما تدل عليه من المعاني The point of this here is he is mentioning at the end there if a person doesn't know the meanings of the names and attributes of Allah then in reality you're not going to be properly benefiting from your remembrance through the names and attributes of Allah. If you don't know the reality of the meanings of them, then you're not truly benefiting. And that's how you actually benefit from du'as. To know the reality of the meaning of the du'a. Ayatul Kursi for example, if you're reading it but you don't really know the meanings of those names and attributes and Hayyu al-Qayyum, everything we talked about, if you don't know that properly, you're just reading it, general translation, loose translation, you're not going to really benefit from it properly. Somebody who properly benefits is the one who understands what is in Ayatul Kursi and the meanings. They say, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he mentioned in the olden days, the Sahara, the magicians, they used to fly on the carpet. The magicians, they used to fly on the carpets. In the sky, the carpet flies, the magicians with the jinn, they do these things, the jinn takes them up and they are flying on the carpet, it used to happen. So Shaykh al-Islam, he said, when this used to happen, if an imam with true understanding of these affairs, true understanding of the names and attributes of Allah, came and recited ayatul kursi, he would recite ayatul kursi, knowing exactly what he's reciting and what these names and attributes of Allah mean, reciting it with understanding and iman, he would recite it and those magicians would fall down. The jinn couldn't hold them up from the power of what was being recited upon them from Ayatul Kursi and the names and attributes of Allah. But that's for the one who understands 
This is why people, they say, I read this dua and I read that dua, that's what you're supposed to do. But still this happened and that happened. Do you know what the meaning of the dua is that you were reading? Did you properly understand what this dua is, the one you're supposed to read at this time or that time? It's not just about reading it, okay, I read it. You have no idea what really you're reading, what the meaning of it is, why this is supposed to be a protection for you from this or from that. And why this dua is legislated for you at this time or that time. Only when you understand the meanings of it properly, you read that dua and then you get the full impact of it. So that is the chapter we'll mention today regarding the effects of knowing the names and attributes of Allah. We'll conclude upon that. If there's any questions or anything to add, you can do so now. No. All of those, in the general sense of it, we understand that all of the names and attributes, all of these kinds of attributes as well, they are attributes of absolute perfection. And they are attributes that indicate the perfection of the rububiyyah of Allah. That Allah speaks, and the idols and the statues and the fake false deities do not speak. And all of these other attributes, they all indicate perfection to Allah. So in the general sense, all of the attributes of Allah indicate perfection. But for details about how each one of those attributes gives an effect, then you have to do al-wasatiyah, which is being done right now in Sheffield. You can follow that online every week. And you'll get the answer per week, every week for the next six months, inshallah. Anybody else? Alright, we'll have to conclude there. Uh, inshallah ta'ala, we'll uh, resume next week then. صلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم